yesterday is a memory. Bring into your mind memories of yesterday. Deliberately just remember things that happened and see what it does, how say, the, the pull it has on the mind of importance or significance or triviality, whatever it is, but you're contemplating it as a memory rather than as reality. To see what the, the mind does to kind of make it seem very real, what a, how real a memory is, as if it were a living, breathing, uh, powerful thing. When looked on as the Buddha seen Dhamma, then it is merely just a soap bubble with no substance, no essential nature. Memories trigger off feelings. So you remember something that gives you some strong feeling. Maybe you feel it in your in your uh, in your guts. Feel it in your body. This sense of something that happened yesterday that makes you feel something. This is this is a conditioning process. Uh, one thing conditions another. Then the proliferation. Did I? do the right thing, or say the right thing, or should I have, shouldn't I have, what should I have done under those conditions? What was my real intention? Was I being sensitive enough, or was I just being selfish, or the whole kind of conceptual proliferation. You could sit here the whole morning and, and just go on and on and on and on in a whole world of soap bubbles, foam on the sea, things of no substance, no reality, and yet sit here anguished or whatever, in the states of soka paritewa, tukatomanasa, over something that is just merely impermanent and not self. Now to bring up, you have to deliberately bring memories into your mind. It's just to be with intention to look at memory because you're not, you're not, uh, if you just go on in a kind of associated thinking, your mind just wanders. So really bring up a memory from yesterday and, and examine it, investigate it as a condition of the mind. What is Heather right now in your minds? And you, when you, that's that is a perception, isn't it? A name, and yet you, it just there's associative thoughts connected. There's Anagarika Heather, but although on investigation, it is a perception of the mind only. It's not Heather. It's, it's your perception, a memory, a perception. And think of the word over and over, like the the memories, things that happened yesterday, or the worries, or the concern, or the annoyance, or whatever. The that is a, that just happens over a memory. 
doesn't it? Not to mention the actual experience of her kind of doing something erratic. But right now, but just the memory, one can feel a certain sense of certain feeling in one's body. Then today, thinking about maybe what you have to do, what has to be done today. Is this planning for the future, uh, expectation, hope, anticipation, fear, dread, worry, anxiety, bring up something in the future that you know you have to do that gives you some kind of worry or concern. Some, something you know that, that some perception of the future that you know you're going to have to face or do. Something practical, not just theoretical. And contemplate that feeling. The feeling that comes from after the retreat, I must. And so that is what? It's some kind of anticipation. It's a condition of the mind. Dreading, maybe you're, maybe you're dreading it. Maybe you have to do something that you dread or you you're worried about the unknown, isn't it? After the retreat, unknown, you don't know. You can only speculate, guess, deem, assume, project, anticipate, hope, and all these kind of mental, mental formation. These are mental formation. Uh, investigation of these is not analysis, but recognizing them as conditions of the mind. You create them. They are what they are, but they're. But if you grasp, if you, if you absorb into them, then you become someone who's worried, someone who. Uh, anticipates things, someone who dreads things, someone who's w anxious about the future, someone who hopes and so forth. You become somebody. So rebirth is, is just like that. You're becoming something all the time. Becoming somebody who has a problem, somebody who uh, worries, somebody who has uh, all kinds of difficulties, or the future is, is, uh, can be rather threatening to us. Or maybe you're looking forward to something pleasant, like some, some expectation in a, in a happy state. But that is also a condition of the mind. And examining conditions as conditions. Like after, in March, I have to go to New Zealand. That's a, 
what will happen there? What will uh, I've got to and can start thinking, planning. There's certain practical things of arranging everything. That's fair enough. But then, but the, actually, it's unknown. The whole thing is what I don't know. So it has this feeling of not having happened yet, uncertainty. Note that feeling. But you have a perception of going, say, to New Zealand in March, and but you but it hasn't happened yet, so it's the unknown. So you're investigating it as it is, seeing what it's like to not know. The future is not knowing something. There's all the mights. This might happen, and it might not happen, or this might take place, or it might not, or everything might just go well and no problems, or there just might be endless problems. There's uh, possibilities, plane crashes, and, and hijacking, and, and uh, being attacked by... Uh, by Muslims, because uh, the the mullah or whatever the ayatollah in uh, Iran said that any Muslims that kill Americans will go straight to paradise. Very nice religion that one. Fortunately, I'm, I'm taking the other route through America. <laughs> Could worry about that. Now, this kind of reflection, you, 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 it's deliberate, with a deliberate intention. So you, you have to bring it in, and that, that ability to, to bring into consciousness. Just these, the, the, like what a memory is, or or the conditioning of the mind, seeing like worry, anticipation as as a condition of the mind rather than a personal problem. Like if it, if you start, if you absorb into it, then it becomes your personal problem, and that's me with my problems. That's not Buddha seeing the Dhamma. Then here and now, this is the way it is. Pachubhanantamma, there's the breath of the body. That's not a perception, is it? That's, that's, that's just the way it is. You can actually know the breath. There's the knowing, direct knowing, breathing in, breathing out. That's not a memory, 
Do you remember your breath yesterday? Do you remember breathing yesterday or do you, the future, what about breathing? Do you worry about your breathing in the future? If you have asthma or something maybe, as they is normal as breathing. So there's, there's this reflective, you're, you're watching the, the condition of breathing, it's conditioned, isn't it? It's not ultimate reality, but there's this knowing of it, direct knowing of it, as it's happening, um, or a memory, is a direct knowing of a memory that you might be having now, direct knowing of a feeling of worry, direct knowing, like listening to the tick of the clock, the sound of silence, the feeling of the body, whether it feels what sensations, hot or cold, pleasure or pain, No, you're simplifying everything from the complexities of, of uh, mental proliferation to seeing things as they are. It's the conditioned realm as the conditioned realm. Notice the feeling of, of any kind that's compulsive, and if you feel compelled or that there's something you must do. This, uh, this can be such a powerful uh, kind of motivating force. We're so used to it, we don't, we can't see it. If something is so, so if something's too near, sometimes we don't see it. It's easier to see something far away than something near, something immediate. And meditation retreats and moral discipline and and all these these kind of uh, perceptions can often make us very compulsive isn't that we feel it? I've got to I must I should I've got to practice I've got to develop got to get rid of the hindrances must be mindful must not give in to weaknesses must kill the kilesas all these things are good good musts you know they're, they're not that you shouldn't uh, do all that, but but note the feeling. How there's this sense of I must, I I should, I mustn't, I shouldn't. That's a condition of the mind in the present. I mean, if you're feeling that now, if you feel this, you can see any kind of compulsiveness. So there's a Pachubana Dhamma, the past is, is the present, the future is in the present, there's the, the way things are, this is the way it is. This reflection, Buddha seen Dhamma, the Buddha seen the conditions as conditions, knowing the conditions as conditions, knowing the unconditioned as the unconditioned. So this is the way of knowing, jnana, Vicha, Panya.
feelings that come up on this retreat, like feelings of failure or not getting any place or not developing. Notice that, this, the feeling that you're, that you're getting nowhere or that you're not practicing properly or you haven't attained anything. Bring that into consciousness in a deliberate way, the sense of failure or inability or hopelessness, despair. Bring it with intention, or just to know that as a condition of the mind, not as a, something to believe in. Try to make it so you can actually hear the kind of feeling behind it, the kind of despair, the listening to, so that is with deliberate intention you're you're listening to this this condition or this emotion this feeling of failure or hopelessness or despair regards to yourself or practice of meditation or whatever And with intention, kind of bring it, and I really, really take, bring it into, uh, like, work with it. Don't, don't just kind of uh, absorb into the feeling of it, because then you'll get depressed. But if you, if you just keep repeating it, I'm something like I can't do it, or I'm hopeless, and and keep making it kind of strong and intentional with deliberate with deliberation. So that you're just, there's this sense of listening to that. Now that which can observe and witness, know things as they are. The Buddha knows the Dhamma, sees the Dhamma, contemplates, reflects on Dhamma the way things are, all that is subject to arising is subject to ceasing. So these feelings, these strong emotional feelings or that are, are conditions of the mind only. They're not, they're not a person, a kind of permanent person. Or they're not self. They are what they are though. They feel like this. Despair, hopelessness feels like this. Reflect on that. This is despair. Is this way? Feelings of defeat or failure. Are this way. They like. They feel like this. So you know it. There's this knowing, a direct knowing, a witnessing, an investigation, rather than an indulging, absorbing, or a repression. The two extremes are. Oh, I can't do it. I'm just don't, tried so hard, and then you're absorbed into the feeling. That's uh, indulgence, and repression is, uh, don't be silly. Think of something else, get rid of it. Repression is annihilation, isn't it? But notice that this reflection, is, this is the refuge of Buddha 
Dhamma, there's this, there's that which knows, which isn't, which isn't despairing and isn't a person. It's not a condition of the mind that, that comes out of ignorance. Not something that's been conditioned into you. This kind of reflective knowing, is it? It's not something you learn uh, in, in a psychology class at university or something you, you, you get uh, from taking a course. It's the it's the it's a direct it's uh, the way it is. It's available to us all. We use it. We can use it any moment. It's a, being attentive, isn't it? We have to pay attention, alert, mindful. Then there's wisdom, panya, and and uh, sampachanya clear comprehension. This is something you don't, you don't acquire. It's not, not a condition you develop or acquire. It's, it's the way it is. It's the Buddha seeing Dhamma. So you're more and more abiding in that refuge. That's your real refuge, is in mindfulness and wisdom, rather than in the conditioned realm of acquired knowledge, uh, emotional states, views and opinions, memories. These are conditioned into the mind. They can be good, bad, true or false. Their uh, conditions can be any which way. But this, this, is, this, uh, this knowing is, who can say it's good or bad? It is the way it is. We're not, we're not, it is aware of good and bad, but when you start labeling it or giving it attributes, then you, you fall into the conditioned realm again. So the aim, say, of the practice is to just be mindful rather than, than define and, and defend and uh, proclaim mindfulness as something. The conditioned mind always wants to to uh, define mindfulness, wisdom, and ultimate reality, and all this, and in, in put it in, into perceptions. You want to limit the unlimited. That's desire. Dunhar, but there's that which can observe the desire to do that. What is uh, what is the ultimate reality? What is the Mahayana view? What is the Theravada view? And how does that compare with Krishnamurti? And how does that how does that compare with uh, Nisargadatta? <laughs> It's a conditioned mind, wanting to know, not knowing. Wanting to know isn't the same as knowing. And knowing, not knowing, is knowing, isn't it? This is a transcendent knowing rather than a conditioned knowing, conditioned knowledge. 
So we bring our attention to the, the here and now Dhamma, the establishing ourselves in, say, just very basic uh, here and now conditions, say, the breathing of the body. It centers us, it brings us to where we are right now, is we're here breathing, I'm here, sitting here breathing, the body's sitting right here, this body here, and it's breathing. If I don't center myself with the here and now, then, then I can go off, I can travel all over the world in my mind, the Gulf crisis, the, the travel to India, to Korea, the United States. On wings of thought, or I can I can start thinking of remembering yesterday, or planning for the future, thinking about this, uh, what kind of things I have to do, and must, and should, and problems I can worry about, things that might go wrong, misunderstandings that might take place, uh, possibilities for failures and misfortunes and hopes for the future, everything's going to be great, golden age, Aquarian age, Buddhism spreading everywhere, people becoming enlightened bodhisattvas everywhere, in, in the whole kind of uh, phantasmagoria of, of fantasy life, from the golden age to the Armageddon. But in uh, establishing mindfulness so that there's wisdom operating, we have to use the way it is now, exactly as it is. It's the breathing of one's own body. There's not some kind of, of uh, ultimate breath that you have to experience. Some kind of universal breathing that you must find. You bring attention to the way your breath is now. The way the body is breathing. The feeling, the posture of the body the feeling of it. Listening, listening, you pay attention to, to the clock, the sound of silence. The sense of a self arises, me and mine and I. One can bring this up with, with deliberate intention. What I think, if you want my opinion, if you not want to know what I really think, do you know how I feel? This is mine. This belongs to me. I am. I'm this way. I'm somebody. In this sense of this uh, powerful feeling in, in regards to I am, isn't there? 
you can't treat me like this. You've got to respect me. Do you know who I am? Or I'm, I'm not worthy of anybody's respect. I'm such a failure and unlovable. Poor me. And this, this, uh, bring this into into consciousness. This, I, I used to have great fun with this because bringing these these me's into into consciousness. Both on the kind of arrogant side and the self-pitying side. Or the good guy side, you know, just trying to be a, a good bloke. Nice guy. Reasonable about everything. Fair, sensible, then they said, do you know what he did? You know, I'd never do anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> The way the mind, <laughs> the arrogant thoughts that we have. <laughs> the, oh, we can uh, gossiping. It has that. Whatever gossiping always kind of makes you feel dirty because you, you you're always talking about somebody as if as if you're so absolutely right and perfect. <laughs> You know what so-and-so did? No. Can you imagine? That was a stupid thing to have done. <laughs> Disgusting. We're talking to each other <laughs> as, if, as if such possibilities are not for us at all. <laughs> we just never operate on that level. We're so good. <laughs> Now that which can observe the I am's in me and mine, that what is that? There's a sense of I am somebody and you've got to respect me and I'm I can't do it and poor little old me and uh, nobody loves me and that kind of thing. And but there's also they when you deliberately think those feelings out. There's something that listens, isn't it? It's an ability to observe it. It's, you can observe the, the, the actual thought because you're, you're deliberately thinking it. Poor me. Is a, deliberately thinking, poor me. Then, the, then any feeling, a sense of uh, that emotion that comes from thinking in those ways. That's observed. That's an object. That's uh, arom, aramana. Put your faith in that which knows and observes that witnessing ability. That, that's the pure heart, pure mind, able to see and know. Then your emotions can be all over the place, but if you develop this refuge, 
because it doesn't seem like very much. We're not. We're, we're always looking. We, we sentimentalize. We create refuge, ideal refuges, which are just conditions of our mind. Like Buddha as a refuge can be some nice idea you have, but doesn't. That, that, but you have to recognize that is an idea only, a sentiment of the mind. So you, you're taking the refuge in Buddha, not, as a, not believing it as a sentiment, but what is it? Make it, find out what it is. Know by being that way, being that which knows, the Dhamma. So then there's the, the, the Dhamma is, is uh, the, the conditioned, unconditioned Dhamma. Sape Sankarani Cha, Sape Tama Anatta. That's on the the uh, the 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 level of uh, thought, feeling that the body know the body as the body ability. If you are the body, you couldn't know it. Your body can't know itself as an object. Your body can't look at itself like your eyes can't look at themselves. And you, one eye can't see itself, or both of them. One eye can't look at the other. Even when I cross my eyes, I can't see the other. My right eye can't see the left one. Nose is in the way. <laughs> Not fair, is it? <laughs> The body can't know itself, but there's the knowing of the body, isn't it, as the body. So this is uh, the Gayanupasana Satipatthana, with this direct reflection on it. Just to be able to bring your attention, the body's here, and it feels this way, it has feeling. You can look at it, you can see it. You can see the rest of your body, even though you can't see your eyes. It's hard to see one's back. It's a kind of mirror reflection. The limitation of eyes. You don't have them in the back of the head, only in the front. But you can reflect. Like I can, I can feel my right foot right now. My right foot is in consciousness. Sitting in the lotus posture, the, the left foot is up on the right thigh and the right foot is up on the left thigh. There's this, sense, there's this feeling of touch, of the, of the legs crossed, touching, of the, of the left foot touching the right and the right foot touching the left side. This is this I can feel. And I bring attention to that part of the body. This isn't just uh, a kind of fantasy life. This is the way it is. This is the, it feels this way. Pressure. Or the, the touch, the feeling of touch.
you can bring attention to any part of your body. And the tailbone, bring attention to the tailbone. Because there doesn't seem to be much sensation there at all. My tailbone. Kept trying to think there should be more to it than, than the way it is. Because the, the, the mind always wants to find something uh, more kind of sharp and clearly defined. The mind, you feel very ill at ease if things aren't like exact and precise and clear, if things are kind of subtle and vague or fuzzy, you feel really ill at ease. So that which contemplates, reflects on the body, knows the body as the body. That is the Buddha contemplate. that is the refuge in Buddha contemplating Dhamma. Bhutang Saranangachami, Tamang Saranangachami, Sankang Saranangachami. Now your personality, your conditioned mind can only have opinions about your body, doesn't it? It likes it, it doesn't like it, or wishes it were otherwise, or has views about how it should be or shouldn't be, and and uh, the conditioned mind makes judgments about it and likes and dislikes it or ignores it or despises it or or is vain and conceited about it or whatever. That's the conditioned mind. Desire, avicca, and dhanha, upadana. But there's this knowing of the body that isn't, it's not, it's not vain, it's not judgmental, it's reflected. It's seen that as dhamma, as the way it is, rather than conditioned to uh, regard the body in in the way that you're, you're conditioned to, the way your mind programmed to think and react to physical, uh, to the physicality of the body and its state, its quality, its feeling in this present moment. In the reflect on, like the the Gyanupasma, the body, Vedana, Chitta, Dhamma, these four foundations of mindfulness, very skillful categories to to use for reflection. So I use the the, the body, feeling, jitta is the the mind itself, the, the feeling, the heart, the mood. In this kind of reflection, you can bring up the into your consciousness a sense of uh, like this sense of duty or obligation. When I, when I talk about things like gratitude, and I'm not saying you should be grateful for anything. I don't mean to kind of intimidate you. And to, you should feel gratitude. And when I guarantee the beauties of Gatanya Gatawaiti, it's more of a reflection rather than saying that you should feel like that. If if you don't feel gratitude, then know that. Know that no, no non-gratitude is a condition of the mind. 
no, it's the knowing, it's not that you should feel anyway. The gratitude and all that is, uh, is not something you can, you know, you can, you can kind of, uh, get the idea and kind of make yourself feel that way, but that's done from the self-view, and I'm not trying to to condition you or to try to make you feel anything, but trying to turn your attention to the way you're feeling, the way it is now. Say if you feel totally ungrateful or, or, or you don't feel anything, you just feel dead, know that, the knowing of deadness or no feeling is is also knowing Dhamma. It's this way. Where if you're trying to feel something, you know, I think somebody was talking about being grateful for the food offered. I don't feel grateful. <laughs> I'm not a very good person. If I'm not, you know, his. Number one, that's a, le- a way of speaking, uh, inspiring, a uh, way of lifting up the mind, uh, of, of ref- trying to encourage, a way of looking at things. That's the intention of the mind. So maybe we intend to be that way, to, to, to try to... to uh, to reflect in that way on the four requisites and but then the with vipassana meditation you're observing the way it is with with not judging not saying you're just proliferating you think I don't feel gratitude therefore I'm and I should and I'm not a very nice person because a good person a good monk, a good nun would be very grateful for you know, that conceptual proliferation, isn't it? So to know that uh, for what it is, there's this trust in that knowing that it doesn't seem like much in, in terms of your conditioned mind, but that is the way out of suffering, is by knowing things as they are. Sometimes you don't feel anything, you just feel dollar blank and to know that as a condition rather than as a, something wrong with yourself or that you shouldn't be feeling like that you should be feeling something other than that that's conceptual proliferation so in the refuge really I'm trying to encourage uh, you to trust in in this that that seemingly insignificant, almost uh, seemingly unimportant, is the the qualities, the condition realm always has this level of importance, urgency, and, you know, a sense of of urgency and importance, and must and should shouldn't, you know. but this knowing. This, this mindful knowing, reflection on Dhamma is, is something you, you, you cultivate. It's the cultivating of the path. Not by believing in it, but by doing it, by 
practicing in this way, by reflecting, by, by contemplating this. What is it that, that can know, that can observe the body, and that, that can, can see and observe feelings as feelings? What is it that can, can, can observe the, the mood you're in, that a- the anger that you might be feeling, or the frustration, or the despair? What is it that is aware that it is aware of that. What is it that is aware of, of uh, that can can contemplate Dhamma, can can see all that is subject to rising is subject to ceasing. Reflect on Dhamma. Dhammanupassana. What is it that 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 knows all this? So you're you're not you're not trying to find it as an object because like trying to look at your own eyes. It's, it's that, that ability to see and know, that's enough. It doesn't have to have a name. It doesn't have to be anybody or anything at all. You don't want to give it a name, in other words. You don't want to, to label it uh, and make a doctrine out of it. Because then immediately you start grasping the concepts again. You believe in mindfulness or believe in Buddha or something like that, and then the whole point has been lost. You've, you're kind of you're back into the, into the conditioned realm uh, and not knowing it. You're just believing in ideas about Buddha rather than knowing, seeing directly. The personal view was always say, oh, it's not important, or I'm not good enough, or because the the personality view is always judging and you know, tend to think, yeah, it couldn't mean I. Who am I? And I just there's always with the conditioned mind is always waiting, expecting, longing, and despising or criticizing or or disparaging or dismissing. So that's why you've got to be one up on that whole process by observing it, knowing it, that all that is subject to arising is subject to ceasing, is not self. 